of the V Superheroes. Hey guys, how are you? Uh, fine. Uh, as always, perfect. As always, perfect. That's uh, even better. Hey, today we're going to um, to step out of the world of the data center and step into a um, new world. Well, new world for one of us at the the table. It's uh, it's not a new world. It's his world. So uh, the end user computing world. It's bright and shiny. It's bright and shiny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, so uh, Frederick, we're here to talk about the the end user computing world. So. Um, yeah, what about what's living in the end-user computing world? What's living in the end-user computing world? Well, um, uh, I like that you said we're leaving the data center. Um, I had a slide somewhere where I uh, presented the data center as the sewers. So sorry, guys, <laughs> but <laughs> a dark place. The, the uh, dark place. <laughs> sometimes it feels like that <laughs> <laughs> with air conditioning and everything. <clears throat> but um, maybe I'm gonna uh, reverse the question and ask a question to you guys. Uh, maybe. What do you think digital workplace means? Because a lot of companies have a project going on, like flexible workplace, digital workplace, mm-hmm. workplace of the future. Hey. Uh, but what do you think it means for you? What do you have as an opinion on that? I, th- I think it depends what you define as a workplace. Mm. Because if you look at a workplace, it could our workplace is a desk or a, a, a meeting room or mm. whatever. That, that's a workplace, I think, for us. Mm. Um, but uh, there are people in other workplaces as well. I mean, uh, people that are, um, for example, in, um, in, in um, uh, working in, in, in um, how do you call it, warehouses, for example. Yeah. That's also a workplace. Mm. They, those guys have also material that they use as a workplace mm. or an, an instrument to do their work, basically. So it, so it depends what you define as a workplace. But if you look at my own workplace, I would say uh, my laptop, where I sit, where I, where I am, and how I use my applications in the backend. Yeah. That's yeah. for me what, what my workplace would look like. And, and, and the easier it gets, the better it is for my pro- productivity, I would say. Yeah, Exa- exactly that. <clears throat> Very similar to, to Stan. For me, it's the ability to work everywhere. Yeah. yeah. I can turn up my, my uh, VMware-owned portable. And then, of course, I have access to all my applications. But I can even boot up my own iPad, which is my own iPad, and access yeah. exactly the same content. And yeah. the sa- in the same way as well. Yeah. Which is and that, that's for me um, a big improvement compared to, for example, when, when I started working. Mm. When I started working, it was a, a password for everything. Uh, <coughs> there was nothing really um, um, available from one one. Uh, one view it was very difficult to basically keep up with everything yeah, that's what I uh, you already said a couple of really interesting things okay. so thank you uh, what I what was really interesting was the first thing that you said is um, a workplace it gets defined by the people that are doing the work so mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned warehousing mm-hmm. and that's a totally different workplace than that yeah, we sure. are doing mm-hmm. uh, every day so we have an office we have a laptop we have a, a phone we have Tablet, we have, I have a couple of devices, so um, what I mostly ask the question, how many devices a person has, most of the persons have two or three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm the exception, I have like five or something, uh, but I'm the end user computing specialist. It's so your I can job, it's your my job. job. Um, so if I go back to the question, and, and again, office is like uh, out of office. I will ask again another question to you guys. What does out of office mean for you? When do you set your out of office in Outlook, for example? Summer. Almost never. Almost never. Uh, If I ask that question at companies, you start seeing them thinking on, on, okay, when I'm going on holiday, when I'm not in the office, but what does office mean? 
we almost never come to the office or maybe once a week or something like mm. that. So again, that's also yeah, when, a thing when, that you need to take in, into account. When you don't have access to emails or where you have, uh, for example, uh, next week I will be in the States um, mm. where I have a, an, an hour difference, for example, where I just want to keep make people aware that there is a, a nine hour hour difference between yeah. their email and mm. my my place where I am at that moment. So, yeah, depends. Or, or when you're on holiday. Yeah, but holiday, but yeah. the... the <coughs> The proper way of mm. using that is when you have a meeting, and that's automated in in, in office uh, mm. or in our calendars. Uh, whenever you have a meeting, then you are set to not available, mm. and normally that should reflect on receiving phone calls and, and stuff like that. Yeah. But what, what what I see is that people don't tend to care, as 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 long as there's no out of office for like a week, mm. that states that you're on holiday or somewhere else. Uh, if you're in a meeting, nobody cares and still calls you. That's why I always turn off my phone when I'm in a meeting. Mm. I always put it on silent and put it in my laptop bag. Yeah. 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 Or I have to have a demo, give a demo, and then I have a problem. Yes. I need to use my yes. phone. Then. I can imagine. <laughs> so um, I'll go back to, to the original question then, digital workspace. What does that really mean? And I'll start with, with a couple of things. Um, first of all, Ten years ago, you said at the beginning of my job, uh, I needed multiple passwords, multiple yep. uh, things, and, and so on to, to get my job done. Um, ten years ago, around, I think, something like that, if VMware g g go, went to a customer and he said, hey, um, we have a solution, and it's called VDI. And then we said, what's the question? Or <laughs> what's the use case? Because we only had one solution. We only had VDI. Um, market changed. Uh, we did some acquisitions. Uh, we had AirWatch in 2014. Mm -hmm. uh, so we already have two solutions then. We already have VDI and then a certain moment, mobile device management. Mm -hmm. Because AirWatch at that moment was really focused on mobile device management. That was the only thing that that solution really did really well. Uh, and then that called enterprise mobility management. They changed names and then some market trends and so on. Um, and then the VDI solution also went forward and you had published applications, you had published uh, remote desktoping and those kind of things. So we have already building blocks to start giving access to application layers. Yeah. So if you again look at the solution, we have a couple of building blocks that you need to give a digital workplace. So a digital workplace for person A is something different than mm -hmm. for person B. So how do you give a digital workplace to a company? How do you talk about that? And again, reflecting on that answer on, on certain companies that we want to give. A lot of companies start with office. And we have office and we want to give uh, email to uh, a person, but we want to do that on a secure way. How do we do that? Mm -hmm. And then Makes we sense. start with mobile device management. Mm -hmm. That's the first discussion that we have at a lot of customers. We start talking about mobile device management and talking, hey, a digital workspace, you have a lot of devices running around. How can we securely deliver access to your applications, mm -hmm. but also make sure that the user experience is top-notch? Mm -hmm. Because that is a difficult thing. And I think I'm looking at Frederick for the moment. If you look at security and user experience, it doesn't always go hand-in-hand. <laughs> hand. No, it's... Um no. So, again, uh, there's a, you need to find a balance between those two. You need to find a balance between user experience and an effective security. And that's a problem in most of the times because um, 
really simple example, 10 years ago again, maybe, or maybe five, or maybe companies today, they have a VPN client. And what do they do? When they go at home, they need to open a VPN client and then they need to access with an RSA token and so on, and they get access to their application or their data in the data center. When they're at the office, they don't need the, the VPN client. Mm -hmm. They can go straight forward without RSA and so on. If I need to explain that to my grandmother mm -hmm. on how she needs to work, it gets difficult. For younger people, they tend to be able to do mm -hmm. some sure. things. So there's already a gap in user experience because you would seem to expect that user experience should be the same in home mm -hmm. as in uh, the office. So that's something that we want to do. We want to make it as secure as possible and make sure that the user, when he works at home, he gets the same user experience like he is in the office. So are, are you talking then <coughs> sorry, about like geotagging or, or something? Or? Uh, it's not really geotagging, but we can do geotagging. Uh, but that's something that we would do in the reverse uh, way around. What, one, what would we do with geotagging is, for example, if you have a research center and you want to make sure that they cannot do certain things in that uh, uh, in, a, in a circle around okay. that geotagging, uh, because geotagging <coughs> is difficult. Um, so more in a blocking way then. Yeah, more yeah. in a blocking way. Um, with research center, center, and they cannot take pictures yeah. in that okay. location. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, there are a couple of other questions that I receive sometimes. Is like, hey, can we do geotagging? And they have to disable the roaming when you go out that site that geotagging. Mm -hmm. That's difficult because geotagging is a point mm -hmm. and you say, hey, so many miles or so many kilometers around that circle. Yeah, but if you like Belgium, mm -hmm. take Belgium. Uh, yeah, Belgium is a point. Yeah. <laughs> it's a point on the map, but, <laughs> but it, it's difficult to mm -hmm. do geotagging on that part. What we do there is, um, is look at ranges of your IP addresses. Okay. For example, Luxembourg is an, is an easy one. Mm. Luxembourg, uh, there are a lot of companies say there that uh, you cannot access data from outside of the Luxembourg uh, network. Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, that's easy. Uh, Luxembourg has defined, and even Belgium has a defined set of uh, IP addresses to yeah, go yeah. to the internet. Well, we'll say this is the range that you can use to go to the internet. If you're outside, then you only uh, get access to A, B, and C. And if you're inside, you get access to more. As, as any Netflix user knows by now, this can yes. be easily spoofed. Yes, that's indeed true. Uh, but there are a couple of things that we can do again. We can look at the device and we manage the device. Mm -hmm. If you only have um, a bring your own device mm -hmm. and we do not manage the device, we say no. If you, we can enroll the device and put the security limits on that device and you're going to change those things, then yes. Perfect. So, we manage the device and we also manage the... That's what so, I wanted to yeah. hear. Perfect. It's like conditional access. Yes, it's yes, really yes. looking at, at what kind of uh, access that is needed at a certain moment of time and check for compliance rules. Great stuff. Yeah. The thing is, and uh, that's a funny story maybe, but there's a really big difference between compliance and security. Mm -hmm. and I think everybody knows this, but um, we have a, a VMware office in Belgium and... Um, I do not know if you're aware, but uh, we have a parked parking mm -hmm. in, in the in the in the cellar and in, in the sewers in the basement, not in the cellar. No, no, in the basement. I was looking for the word. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, <laughs> when you need to go to the basement to the parking, um, you need normally you need to pass a door mm -hmm. where you need a badge. 
go to down sure. airplanes. Well, mm -hmm. uh, okay, perfect. If the do door is closed, but mostly it's open. But if it's really closed, you need your badge and you open the door and then you go down and then you push a button and then you get in the parking. Uh, forgot my badge one time in, in the car, <laughs> the door was closed. I was like, hmm. I think I'm, I know where this story is going. Uh, I'll take the elevator. <laughs> huh. There's a minus one. I can push the button, go down, open the door, and I'm inside. So there was a compliance rule, I think, to have a lock on every door. Mm -hmm. Except but, the elevator. But except the elevator. Yeah. So they have, they're compliant because there's a lock on every door. But is it secure? No. So big difference between <coughs> compliance and security. Compliance is a, is a, is a crazy thing. I, I used to have a customer that, uh, when I still did hardware devices, that insisted that all hardware devices were FIPS compliant. And FIPS mm -hmm. is all about hardening and strong passwords on admin accounts mm -hmm. and access of admin accounts. And in, in the end, they, well, they insisted that they needed it, but they never used it. But the sticker on the device said that it was FIPS compliant. <laughs> so very similar to your elevator story. Yeah. <laughs> so security is a, is, a, yeah. is a strange thing. Uh, uh, compliance and security is a, are strange things. Mm -hmm. uh, but you need compliance at a certain moment. But sure. security is, is the top layer on that. Uh, actually, on, on the compliance part, and if you want to stop that discussion, feel yeah. free to do so. <laughs> but, um, I, I know you're working in a lot of hospitals mm. uh, as well as, uh, as as part of your customer set. Do you see a lot of like HIPAA compliance, health industry uh, compliance? The, there are indeed a couple of uh, things around that. Um, that's mainly focused on, on everything that we do around VDI and published applications and okay. so on. Uh, there are a couple of things around unified input management that we also do, but I will go into that. A little sure, bit. sure, sure, sure. Um, so we're go back in, in, in the discussion, uh, we're, we're back at user experience mm -hmm. and, and conditional access and so on. Um, the first thing that we did was the MDM part. So mm -hmm. that part, um, if I look at MDM at the end, it's growing. And we started with mobile devices, as I said, but we're doing any kind of device now or any kind of mobile device. Okay. So um, you're already starting thinking, what is a mobile device then? But, well. well the thing that pops up in my head is IoT now. Is, uh -huh. is that where you're going? Uh, that's also a part, but okay. I'll, I'll start with, with uh, user interfaceable uh, okay. Okay. things yeah. uh, like Windows, uh, Mac OS, Chrome OS, those kind of devices. Sure. So if we look at Windows, um, the first mobile device of Windows was Windows 8. Don't know if you ever used Windows 8. Are you sure you want to talk uh, about that? <laughs> but but but, but um, uh, like any kind of uh, Microsoft, uh, and I don't want to, to beat the competition on that part. But but we all know uh, the first thing that we do is we use a certain Windows version and we wait to do the update before the service pack. And then if the service pack is there, then it's a better version. And then we start with using that Windows version. It's but very, it's very much like uh, Internet Explorer. It's only used to download Chrome. It's, uh, it's the, so be, the best browser to download another browser. Absolutely, so, yeah. <laughs> perfect example. <laughs> so, um, it same it counts a bit for the Windows Eight. It was the first mobile, but uh, but Windows Ten is the first really mobile. Uh, it's like version three or something, and then it uh, it's getting better in. in it says says marketing, or is that from your? Mm, experience? No, no, that's that's okay. from our experience. Okay, and, good. And, yeah. and we see uh, more and more people going to Windows 10 and more and more people looking at Windows 10 as a mobile device. And the thing is, you can handle it as a mobile device. I, I have another question on that. So a, a year ago, <coughs> 2018, because yeah. we're recording yeah. in 2019, yeah. um, I did a, a hacking session for you guys as, as a yeah. team. And as a, a hacking destination, I used the Windows 7. 
at that point in time, I got the question from you, why not Windows 10? And then I grabbed a list on uh, how much Windows 7s there are still in the world as an mm -hmm. attack factor. It was like 80 or 90%. Do yeah. you see a change in that? Um, every company has a project or is going into the Windows 10. Uh, there are a couple of things that you need to know. Windows 7, I think, if I'm not mistaken, uh, end of year, it yeah. will be, yeah, or January, uh, yeah. beginning of the next year, it will be end of life. End of life. Yeah. So uh, companies need to look at, at that. Of course, there are still Windows XP's running around also. Oh, but even NT. Uh, I so still find NT in some... Uh, so um, the, the, the main purpose is always, and that is something that I always do at customers, is looking at what is coming in the future mm -hmm. and think about, okay, how can I handle those Windows 10 and will not focus on those Windows 7 and those Windows XP's because okay. that will be the smaller part at a certain moment. Sure, uh, sure. So we look at the future and as Microsoft says, Windows 10 is the last, the la the last uh, operating system that we ever created, blah, blah, blah. It will update every time, but okay. Windows 10 should be the last one. It's like iOS and every version that okay. comes up. Okay. I did not know that, by the way. No, that, me neither. That's the first time I hear that. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Hey. So you we're getting something. Windows 10A and Windows 10B. It's A like 10 and then every version. It's see. like um, what, what we also do now is like the version number is the year plus uh, the month. So uh, 18.0. 1903. Yeah, yeah. I'm, like I'm following, but I'm not sure how that works with Windows 10 because that was not released in. Was it released in 2010? Uh, no. Oh. So then your naming convention is. No, 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 it's Windows 10 and then the release version. Oh, okay. Is I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. We are really version. Get it. Yeah, okay. I get it. Now yeah. you get it. Ah, oh, okay. I see the <laughs> smile on his face. Perfect. Uh, so we're handling more devices and a really important sentence that everybody needs to remember and I'll repeat it twice uh, is we can only do what an operating system allows us to do. Okay, makes uh, sense. That <laughs> really makes sense. And I, once I had a group uh, in my in my room and I repeated it twice and then I said, and now you guys mm -hmm. and they all repeated it together. It was really funny. Uh, just I, I think we all have these sentences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I, I like those kind of sentences. <laughs> so um, it's really important because we can only do that those things and if it's not open for us we cannot manage those kind of things yeah, so sure. and microsoft is is building their their stack to make sure that we can handle more and more uh, why because they also have a solution on that part mm -hmm. and of course uh, they need other vendors to make sure that they can handle a, a couple of extra things. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, really important. Y are you, you going to talk about that later? Or, or I'm going to talk about okay. uh, what Microsoft is focusing yeah, yeah. on and what we can do together, sure. yeah. uh, better together, I would say. Uh, sure. It's like yeah. the, the, the Dell slogan. Uh, there are a couple of things that we do really well together. Um, Mac OS, also really important. Uh, I think we all have... Ma ah, sorry, uh, Frederick, you, uh, you have Fre a Frederick. Uh, You're a strange one. Frederick Maybe has you should a tell your story. Yeah. Yeah. Why? I'm, I'm really in love with Mac hardware. The way it looks, the way it handles. I think it's sleek. It's perfect. I'm not so much a fan of the operating system. So the first thing that I do when I receive a device is put Windows on it. So it's that, uh, that's really you should, funny. You should, you should burn in hell, to be honest, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I'm all about control. And when I do stuff in Mac OS, I have no clue what's happening in the background. And in Windows, I do. Yeah. That's the difference. The okay. thing is, yeah. we don't care. We will manage that Windows 10. Sure, you. sure. Thank you. 
yeah. thank you for that. <laughs> and then, uh, so macOS, uh, same story there. We'll uh, do what uh, the operating system allows us to do, and we'll manage that, that device. Managing is, is setting profiles and so on. Uh, our corporate devices are being managed, so mm -hmm. your device is managed. Yeah. Uh, mine, yours is not. Probably not Actually, really corporate. Funny story about that. Not sure if I want to share it on this <laughs> podcast, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, so you can download Windows free now. Mm. Uh, it, it used to come with the, with the key and stuff, and then you can use it for X amount of time, and then you need to license it properly. So what I did is when I received my portable, my uh, VMware imaged corporate portable came with macOS. Obviously, mm. it's a Mac device. So I booted it up. Um, pretty much wiped macOS, it's not really wiped, it's, it's just a small partition, and then installed Windows, which is then basically uh, a free version. Mm. I enrolled in, what, what's it called? Workspace One. Workspace One, yeah. and I received my license. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Indeed. Yeah, as part of your, I don't know yeah. how it works, but as part of that management, it's now a legitimate Windows machine. Yeah, so what happens if you enroll? And properly, sorry to interrupt, yeah. but properly managed by VMware. Yeah. So well, they can see everything now. <laughs> well, we can see everything. We can see what kind of applications are installed. We can see what kind of profiles. We, so we push the profiles and so on. Um, if you save documents and those kind of things, yeah. uh, we do not see those things. Because that's uh, that's important to know that we do not have access to certain layers in, in your operating mm. system. Um, because but a lot of companies ask that question. You don't have, you don't have, question, uh, you don't have access, sorry, but you could get access if you want. Uh, yeah, we have a, a solution, it's called Workspace One Assist. Um, it, it was called Advanced Remote Management and those kind of things. Yeah. Um, and what we can do there, we can do remote assistance. Mm -hmm. It's easy, mm -hmm. uh, take over the screen and so on. Uh, but there's also uh, file access uh, possibilities now. Okay. And um, <coughs> the thing is for the moment is that there is no approval needed. They will see the pop-up, uh, but there's no approval needed. So if it's open, then they, if your laptop is booted on and you will see a pop-up, but if you're not sitting at your screen, it could be a, pos a possible thing. They're working on that, so it I, will I, change. I can imagine that, and I don't know the details at all, but I can imagine that whatever solution it is that we have installed on this Windows machine is running as an admin. Mm, yeah. So potentially has full rights. Pot potentially yeah. it should have full rights. Yeah. It's uh, running as a system uh, okay. account. Okay, yeah. yeah. So potentially it has a lot of access. Um, I have a GDPR question coming up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fully GDPR compliant. Sure. <laughs> so uh, Mac OS, Chrome OS, uh, same story there. Chrome OS. Uh, so that that thing is is uh, quite quite clear. And then we have unified input management. That's the marketing term. Uh, we have another solution. It's also called UEM, UEM. Mm -hmm. so it's Unified Input Management. Mm -hmm. But we have uh, a big UEM, that's the, mar the market term, that's Unified Input Management. And we have little UEM, sure. to make it strange, yeah. but that's User Environment Manager. Uh, and that's a part of the Horizon Suite. To, so to, make, to make it very easy exactly. and transparent for our, for our customers yes. and exactly. our partners. Some, something our, our listeners and our customers as a whole need to know is we are very good in what which we do in inventing products and, and, uh, and then marketing <laughs> for following the marketing strategies and then setting the strategies. What we are very terrible at is naming what we make. Yeah. Those, those three letters, they're only 
26 ah. uh, letters to work with on every position and we seem to be very limited because one of those letters always needs to be a U or a V mm. for some reason. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we already got a little bit better because um, I talked about unified input management mm -hmm. and that's mainly focused on device management. Mm -hmm. And then we have an, an identity management tool and mm -hmm. it was called identity manager. Uh, the first question that you always get, hey, an identity manager, ah, you will manage your identity and uh, you're, are you also an identity provider and so on. Uh, no, not really. We are an mm. access management tool. So we'll deliver access, conditional access and those kind of things and we'll hook it in with your mobile device, check compliance and so mm. on. But why is it called identity manager then? Mm. Uh, so we changed the name and we called it Workspace One Access. So uh, you can see something popping up. I think marketing is, always has nice ideas about those. So, sorry uh, about all the questions, but I'm, I'm, no sure they're, I'm sure they're popping up at whoever's listening now as well. Um, when you say conditional access, mm. are you familiar with Cisco Eyes? What do you mean with Cisco Eyes? Well, Cisco Eyes is, is a tool um, more from the network point of view that checks user rights and makes a profile around it and then mm. pushes that down to the network. A lot of what it uses as sources is LDAP or, or Active yeah. Directory, obviously. So it's like a broker sitting in between profiling the user and then because of that profile, making sure that another product, ACI, for instance, or anything that mm. wants to listen, gives that proper uh, access in, in to the backend. Is it similar or? Um, don't know the product, so I okay. never heard about it this first time. There's, there's no shame in that. Uh, yeah, I was <laughs> like, okay, that's not real competition then. No, no. But um, if you look at... <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a way to look at it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you look at uh, conditional access from our point, or our point of view, it's focused around um, user. Mm -hmm. So that's a bit sure. the same, yeah, I think. Yeah. But the other hand is what we know about the device. So we, uh, and I do not okay. know if, yeah. if Cisco has that information no, 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 because okay. we have deep information because we enroll the device and we have deep information on what is being done on that device. I'm not entirely sure how deep Cisco goes, yeah. um, but it looks to be more from an, a, a user to application mapping. Yeah. While it's it sounds yeah. like you're looking at the at the device we, first and then yeah. who's using it. So we we have the three layered approach. Sure. You, if you look at context, uh, you would say uh, we check the device, we check the user, and we check what kind of application that you want to access. So and, and oh, sorry, I have a four layered approach mm -hmm. and location. If if anybody's listening, uh, I'm not an expert in in ICE. If they do uh, device profiling as well, excuse me, I just don't know. Might be I, yeah. I have no clue. But it seems that our focus starts with the device from obviously coming from the MDM history mm. we have, mm -hmm. adding user profiling assessment on, on yeah. top of that, or is it just authentication? Because I'm uh, calling no, it profiling we, we, now. No, we we um, we do a couple of things there. So uh, the first thing is uh, of course authentication and authorization. Yeah. So that, that yep. those two layers, uh, there's a big difference between those two. We don't can have get, another. Don't, don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> we could have another totally yeah. other, other discussion about that. But um, we look at the user and we look, for example, uh, what kind of rights, what kind of groups, what kind of okay. things. So a couple of things. And there's a really interesting thing that we are. Um, we bought a company company called E8, we do a lot of acquisitions, we, uh, we bought a company E8 last year and they were really good in user behavior. There you go. So what we do there is we do risk analysis and yep. we will give, uh, and it's not a product yet, but it will come and it will, Sounds like was profiling. talked about uh, on, on VMworld. Uh, so we will 
look on, on how many times they uh, access a certain application. Yeah. When do they access that application? On what kind of device? Because we have a lot of the device information. Um, what, lo what locations? Mm -hmm. And we'll have um, a, a baseline at that moment. We'll Perfect. have a baseline about person X, that, Y, That's Z. profiling. Yeah. And then uh, if the user Devi uh, deviates, deviates about um, oh, I'll access my application at night at two o'clock mm. three o'clock mm. four o'clock mm, that's not normal behavior we'll ask for a token we'll ask uh, what are you doing or he accesses with a new device oh uh, sorry um, you need to register your device first and those kind of things so we'll uh, put that in the product and it's coming perfect so we'll have extra information. The more I talk to you, the more interesting it gets, Frederick. It is. It is. <laughs> it is really interesting. Uh, so um, I had the four, the four layer yeah, approach. Go ahead. Sorry. So yeah. uh, device, user, and uh, location, and what forgot application, application of yeah, course. We forgot the so most important one. <laughs> <laughs> workspace. So workspace one access is is that layer to make sure that everything gets combined. Um, and then we'll try to do a single sign-on uh, mm. where, where possible, because that's an important sentence, where possible yeah. again. Uh, and why? Because the application needs to support SAML or to mm. some, some kind of modern authentication, like ADFS, SAML, uh, OEDC is also one. I, I, uh, see some, kind of I see some doubt in, in your eyes when you say that. So that means it's still a lot of legacy out there? Uh, there? There is still a lot of legacy in there. Okay. Uh, for example, and, and that's a really easy example, how do you bring a Windows application to a modern device, yeah. to an iOS? Uh, you, put, and, you put a front end. Uh, you need to put something yeah. in, in front of that, but a lot of companies still are... Uh, looking into, hey, we're going to rebuild that application, re-architecture re and so on. It, that it, takes time. Isn't that the, the entire market around load balancers? and, and Again, yeah. uh, indeed. So uh, what we do there is we we help companies in saying, hey, uh, you have an estate of, of an application set. Uh, you have applications, web applications, SaaS applications. Mm -hmm. You have modern applications already, mobile and so on. And you still have your... And I will not say legacy, uh, traditional, traditional application, because yeah. legacy is, is a, dirty word. It's a dirty word. Yeah. So traditional applications and those traditional applications will exist as long as Windows exists. Um, I don't exactly. think. And I you just said it's never going away. Edit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and to come back on, the, it's never going away. Uh, this um, uh, We have a colleague, uh, Brian. Uh, Brian Madden, mm -hmm. uh, everybody knows him and so yeah. on. Uh, especially in the end user. Yeah, especially in, uh, especially in that com community and so on. And he has a slide somewhere uh, around uh, Windows going dead. He had a, a coffin and so on mm -hmm. and a Microsoft logo in there. And then he, he showed us uh, the numbers. And there was a graph showing where uh, it started really high on the left side and it went down really steep uh, and was like, holy, yeah, Windows usage is going down. Okay. Uh, but there were no numbers on the, <laughs> on the, on the, on the line, so yeah, I couldn't do everything with a the graph then. So uh, he showed the graph again and the numbers changed from like 99 to 98%. Yeah. So yeah. The, it's not really going down. Uh, I don't think I remember, Microsoft I remember is, that slide. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I can, he said, I can make a similar graph, eh? Yeah, probably. It, let's say I used to use macOS, and yeah. all of a sudden I switch to Microsoft, mm. then I go from zero to one hundred. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, it's the same <laughs> slide. Eh? <The> same <laughs> slide. <laughs> yeah. And and the slide after that one was also a funny slide. He was uh, even if there would be a nuclear war, 
There were two things that were going to survive. Cockroaches? Uh, <laughs> ah, three things. Uh, yeah. the cock okay. <laughs> sorry, sorry. The, cock the cockroaches, uh, your Twinkies, yeah. uh, in, uh, wrapped in paper, and Microsoft. And, and Microsoft. See, I, I love that. Because yeah. it's saying, you, used to, you just said a few minutes ago that the data center is a sewer. <laughs> 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 and now we're talking about cockroaches, <laughs> Twinkies that never go bad, and Microsoft. <laughs> Sorry, the same and, and, and everything and everything in one conversation. Hey, <laughs> we're amazing. <laughs> uh, but uh, but the thing is indeed that Microsoft is, is going to stay there. Um, we were talking about applications, mm -hmm. the traditional applications on that part. So how are we helping customers to make sure that they can access those kind of applications mm -hmm. or even modern devices? <laughs> Again, take you back like seven, eight years ago. Um, Really good idea, I think, at, at that time. I, uh, the, it's like, oh, that was a really good idea at that time. But, mm -hmm. <laughs> but, but, it um, was acceptable in yes. the 80s. So uh, there was a person standing up on an iPhone, and we had the VDI concept, and then they said, hey, we can run VDI on an iPhone. Perfect. <laughs> sounds <laughs> like a plan. Sounds like a plan, but it isn't really a good plan. No. Um, I, if you ever tried it, uh, try to run it, it I even like I, I touch. It's not made for touch. I even I right. even tried it on an iPad. It's not even uh, really good working. Uh, but now we have a mouse on an uh, iPad, so well, it's already got better. Uh, no, uh, just kidding. Uh, but but what we did there is is saying, hey, um, how can we bring those those applications to the modern world, and how can we make it that it's secure and you can access anywhere? Well, that's the the part where we say VDI, published applications, mm -hmm. and so on, is the the gap between what you want to do in the modern world mm -hmm. and the traditional world take that along. So that's where Horizon and, and those kind of solutions come in. And uh, we say, hey, you can bring those applications and again, all the settings, the, the access, mm -hmm. the, the mm -hmm. identity layer, those kind of things, we'll use those layers to approve access to certain applications and again. Yeah. And yeah, as you know, I'm, I'm a networking guy. What does that mean? Is it like a proxy? What do you mean with pro because? Well, I, uh, we just said that the traditional applications are not easily upgraded yeah. to SaaS-based yep. uh, solutions. So, and then I said, well, that's the reason why people insert a front-end, like mm. like a load balancer, uh, WAFs, uh, WAFs, yeah. uh, stuff like that. Um, is it is it sim is it compatible to that? <coughs> is it? It's it's not kind of a proxy because um, we had a. St I don't. I, I hope you remember the sticker. We had a sticker at a certain moment. We virtualized everything. Mm -hmm. yeah. The apple appear and, yes. and so on. Uh, um, well, at a certain moment, we were really good at virtualizing servers, and we said, hmm, "We have desktops. Why don't virtualize desktops?" So that was the idea. We really virtualize the desktop mm -hmm. and we got better at it and of course we added published applications and so on so it's not like a proxy we really take that application it's in the data center it's close to the data and so on okay. we take that desktop we place it close to that application and the user will access that desktop desktop ah, to access okay. his applications okay. so at that moment uh, everything is secured because yeah. you could Compare it like working in a vault. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you so open the vault, you go inside, you start. You remember the, the movie Mission Impossible, uh, the first one, yeah. where he goes down yeah, and he goes yeah. in the vault. Well, you could compare with that scenario. Uh, the so person goes down in the vault, he works there, but he's sitting somewhere else. So, so uh, it, it, it sounds, again, total noob when it comes to end user computing stuff. No problem. Um, it, it sounds like that we're leveraging the power of virtualization in order to achieve 
stuff that already existed from yep. traditional network appliances like load balancers and, and proxies and, and stuff like that? Uh, it could be a combination indeed, but uh, sometimes uh, if you look at the kind of data that they want to uh, access, mm -hmm. it could be an Oracle database or something alike, um, that takes a kind of bandwidth at a mm -hmm. certain mm -hmm. moment. Uh, so it's easier to only do screen uh, over the bandwidth because if you only have a screen that you need to pop up, it's a lower bandwidth than really pushing data through that. Is, is that what we're doing with published? Sorry for the new question. No, here, no, but no. Are we, if you, so my experience is mm. I, I have a portal through yeah. uh, Workstation. Yeah, Workspace One, you have workspace a catalog. One, yeah. yeah. Uh, I click on an icon, but in my same browser, I see the application that I've, I've, I've never seen ah. a screen. Uh, uh, oh, wait, there are a couple of things because I'll, I'll go back because okay. you have a question that, that is uh, quite similar to other questions that I get at other customers. Okay. So uh, if you look at Workspace ONE, the first thing that a user gets is a user catalog, mm -hmm. a catalog mm -hmm. with all his application. Depending on the kind of device, we'll put them in the right context. So if you're on an iOS, we also show you your iOS applications and so on. Okay, great. So uh, in that catalog, there are kind of type of applications. So mm -hmm. you have your... Uh, modern application can be pushed down on an iOS and Android and so on. You have your web applications. VMware is uh, really good in, in web applications. If you look yes. at our catalog, it's almost 95% is web applications. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you have your VDIs, your published applications and so on. There are a couple of things that we do. So the web applications, that's a single sign-on that could be uh, directly uh, to for the website, Salesforce, really easy. They act as a broker. Too. And then we act as a broker. Sure. We, okay. we do certificates between the two yeah. and we do some authentication to make sure that it works. And that could be uh, SP initiated uh, flows, yeah. so that yeah. those kind of things. So that's already difficult to no, go deep dive. Yeah, but it's fine. but uh, we dep depending on where you come from, we'll make sure that you do single sign on. So that's web based. The second part is the VDI based uh, part and is really looking into, hey, um, I have an application running in the data center mm -hmm. and that's where you mostly have bigger loads of data, an SAP, an Oracle, those kind of okay. things. The, the traditional, the uh, applications that okay. run in that data center. So we want to put that user closer to that data and instead of doing that via web browser and, and so on, we'll, we can deliver the VDI in a web browser, that's also sure, possible. Sure. But We'll put we, we pull the user in we'll, the data center. We'll pull the user in the data center okay. and we'll yeah. put that user really close to that data. That's great. So he's working on a VDI or a published application next, next to, to yeah, that's the great. data. Yeah. And, and the nice thing there, we have choice again. That data center can be anywhere. That can As be well, an yeah. AWS, that can be an Azure, that can be uh, on-prem, that can be at one of the 4,000 or 5,000, how many partners, do we have, yeah, partners yeah. that yeah. we have and put that VDA close to that one and it will work seamlessly. That's awesome. Yeah, that's re no. really getting convinced. I think. <laughs> <laughs> He's signing off a PO after the podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> where do I sign? <laughs> so, and, and that's the part where we do the, the, the VDI and the published applications. And then we have a lot of hooks with, with uh, security again, mm -hmm. because if you're in the data center, you can use the sewer, <laughs> <laughs> you can use the data center. We uh, need to find a better analogy yeah, for that. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, but you can use the data center security to uh, make sure that your VDI, your purpose application is really secure. Mm -hmm. Look at the NSX um, yes. micro segmentation. Yes. It's a, one of the use cases that I tell a lot to all my customers. They say, hey, VDIs don't need to talk to each other. Mm -hmm. 
So really simple example, micro-segment micro your VDIs and they cannot talk to each other. Mm -hmm. uh, but also user-based. If a user logs in in a VDI, he can only access file server A, B and C. If, yep. you lo if another user logs in in that same VDI, he will access D and E and F, for example. And that's, I'm always amazed about that one because a VDI is one machine per user. Mm -hmm. If you look at published applications, that's on a terminal server or like session-based. Uh, session yeah. And Alex can even That's do session-based. How awesome uh, is and that? That is really awesome. <laughs> I'm always amazed on, on how we do that, but it's uh, a user that opens published application A on a terminal server will ac access, be able to access uh, application server A, B, and C. Another user on the same server with will, the same IP address, with the same IP address and so on, will be able uh, and and opens the same application yeah, probably, yeah. but yeah. he will not be able to access the same data sets. So it's that's really amazing. Yeah. That's really uh, secure technology. And if you combine it with a secure device that we manage, and if you combine it with the access layer and then with the user behavior layer, that's like and, and top much. End-to-end. End-to-end security. Yep. And maybe let's talk then about end-to-end -end security because uh, NSX, the NSBU, uh, bought uh, Carbon Black. Sure. And uh, there was like a lot of woo on uh, on the internet about uh, the security yep. uh, or the, the NSX PU, uh, the at, NSBU. At the time of recording, I don't think we bought them. I think we have the intent. Intent, of, sorry. Of yeah. buying them. We had the intent so of buying them. By, by the time you're hearing this, we probably, probably bought them. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, but the intent indeed to acquire, and there was a lot of fuss about it, about mm. us in, in, uh, in the network and security mm -hmm. business unit, but also in the end user computing business unit. Absolutely. Why? Because this really helps us in doing an end to end flow. If you look at Carbon Black, you, we have like 70 million VMs. So if you could put Carbon Black in the mm -hmm. ESX layer, uh, it's like. Uh, agentless antivirus and, and yeah. with all the yeah. benefits of Carbon Black because they're the new kid on the block. They really look at machine learning and AI. Well, the, not well, the new they're, kid. They're newer than the, but let's call them traditional, traditional as well, <laughs> uh, players out there. Um, yeah. They have quite a unique angle of, of doing anti-malware and IDS yeah. and IPS, which I really love. Mm. Uh, they've been on my radar for quite some time. And as you said, bringing this... Let's call it anti-malware now, just for mm. the sake of discussion. This anti-malware engine to end-user computing. That's checking all the boxes now. Yeah. We already had uh, authentication, authorization, the profiling, everything we just mm. mentioned. So VMware has had all the tools to make connectivity secure. And now adding on top of that an engine to make sure that the traffic as well is secure because at some point somebody's accessing something which is network, right? If we can scan that network all the way up to layer 7 for vulnerabilities and exploits and, uh, and you name it, your contact as a customer is one vendor. Mm. You don't need to go to any other, let's call them third parties for the, again, sake of yep. argument. It's one vendor that provides you the proper yeah. authorization everything we just discussed with added anti-malware built in into the solution mm -hmm. how great is that yeah because i, I said we had the four approaches so like location application mm -hmm. the, the identity and then the device if you can put because we already put an agent on every device exactly. that we manage exactly. so if you can put if that can agent enrich, and, and, yeah. and combine us together yeah. it's like really amazing if you can enrich that agent that same agent that you need yeah. nevertheless and and on top of that, we have, uh, because if we talk about Workspace ONE solution, the components that are already talked about are 
most of the components, mm-hmm. but we have like a top layer and, and also uh, I, I know that uh, a lot of components in VMware start building intelligence on top of that. Uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, NSX also uh, is looking at intelligence. At intelligence, yeah, from the network point yeah. of view. Then, yeah. So w- we have a solution that's Workspace ONE intelligence. It's getting easier. So Workspace ONE, and then we put something behind that. Uh, so a, Workspace it's a one, long sticker. Uh, that's <laughs> a long sticker. Stickers get longer, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we put it in two lines already. Uh, so I just wor- bought a smaller portable. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, the intelligence part, and what do we do there? We combine information. Mm-hmm. And we combine information, we have a lot of information. Mm-hmm. We know what kind of users, we know what kind of applications they're accessing, we know what kind of devices, the location, those kind of things. And if we com- combine information and correlate information, we can have actions on those, sure. the, on that data. So easy example, I'll take a Windows machine. A Windows machine needs updates, uh, security updates and so on. And uh, I do not know if you're aware that we have, there are CVEs, I'm sure you are yeah. aware. Stain probably also, he's nodding no, yes, maybe. maybe. Uh, but the CVE- Holes in software. Yes, okay. holes in software. So a CVE is a critical vulnerability exploit. Okay. And there's yeah, a database on the internet mm-hmm. uh, that shows you all the CVEs. It's and a wiki on how to hack stuff. Yeah. <laughs> in short. <laughs> Wikipedia. So if, you have, if you have a CVE for Windows, uh, normally uh, you have a KB article that shows, hey, you need to patch this uh, to do to patch that CVE. Perfect. So what do we do with Workspace ONE Intelligence? We'll capture that data for the CVEs. We'll capture also what KBs that are needed. And then we will show the users, we'll show, hey, um, these are the CVEs with a risk score higher than seven. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And we'll show the data to uh, the admins and saying, hey, uh, probably you'll need to patch those. Mm-hmm. This is the impact of all your uh, devices. Maybe you have thousand devices that could be impacted. Uh, do you want to patch them? Okay, perfect. Mm-hmm. Click on it. You'll do it in cycles, of course. Uh, first group of 10, mm-hmm. 100, and then the rest, mm-hmm. something like that. Uh, and what happens then? What in a traditional, and that's uh, again in a traditional network, you don't always have the insight on how much uh, or how, how fast everything is patched. Mm-hmm. So it could take six months, seven months, eight months sometimes, because not all devices are on the network, uh, those kind of things, mm-hmm. or they need to connect via VPN sure. and, and yeah. so on. So, because we're in an always-on context, mm-hmm. because we're, yeah, the MDM or the Unified Input Management is an always-on context, the moment the device comes online, we'll push that update and we'll give the insights again to the administrator and saying, hey, um, we patched 90% already, those devices are not patched, but they didn't come online yet. Uh, we'll give them two weeks. If they're not patched after two weeks, perfect. When they come uh, online, they will not get access to applications. And we'll quarantine them. Yeah. 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 And that's, uh, again, a really strong position. Uh, from, on, uh, again, from a security point of view, I love it. Yeah. But, but how many organizations, organizations are actually enforcing that? Yeah, and, and the, the, the thing is, look at how would you do it traditionally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's really difficult. It is, it is. If you look at what Workspace ONE intelligence brings, because you can automate it, and if you automate things, you make it easier. Um, it should take I'm, away the threshold. Yeah, it's of, of it, 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 like if you look at uh, IT ops and then uh, IT security, if you look at those c- combinations, 
it could be a difficult uh, relationship sometimes because they say, hey, we have CVEs and UKBs, you need to patch them all. And then IT ops, they say, we don't have the time or and so on. You need a, a better combination. And if you can automate a couple of things in, in that cycle, mm -hmm. but maybe a couple of approval points to check, hey, uh, I don't want to automate everything because I'm, I'm traditional in some mm, sense sure, and those yeah. kind of things because I want a hand of control. But if you automate like 90% of it, you already have a closer mm -hmm. and and defending that baseline is sure. I think so the 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 baseline that that, uh, that you mentioned is that only um, how should I say is it based on you, you mentioned mentioned CVs right mm. it's a, it's a good way to keep track of, of holes and vulnerabilities yeah. do we also take into account patch cycles of third party applications because CVE is broad it's yeah. not just for the operating system yeah but that's what we read for the moment so okay, we okay. look at CVEs for uh, Windows it will broaden so uh, we'll, we're looking into on how we can solve other uh, third parties but for the moment it's focused on, on what we yeah, it have. makes sense eh? it's it's the it's the first the, one the common that platform on, on which everything runs. but uh, add, add on question to that how are we then uh, for example are we integrating with third parties that are um, so not only the CVEs but are we integrating for example with um, I know Carbon Black is, for example, integrated with SecureWorks, for example. Mm -hmm. Are we doing that as well yeah. in that world as well? Yeah. So uh, we're, um, that's then <coughs> called Trust Network. Mm -hmm. And Trust Network is uh, the third-party vendors like a Trend Micro, Carbon Black, Silence, yeah. those kind of things. And we're integrating with those as well. So we ingest information. We get information from those kind of vendors and then use that information again to do notifications, automation, actions on based on those uh, on that information. Combined yeah. again with, yeah, because you know what kind of device, what kind of yeah. uh, thing. And uh, again, there are a couple of examples in, in that part also that you could explain and say, hey, uh, we see uh, WannaCry, we see those kind of mm -hmm. things popping mm -hmm. up. Oh, uh, we need to quarantine uh, a couple of devices. Yeah. Awesome. So these, these things are coming it, and uh, are almost live it, se it seems a lot that from if, if i look at vmware as, as a single point of contact we already were checking off those boxes from the, the network and mm -hmm. uh east west communication north south communication all, all of that it, it really sounds that we are covering all the boxes now mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. by including server protection uh virtual desktop uh, protection but also endpoint management, yeah. which is really, in my experience, end-to-end -end security. That, yeah. That's why I always say VMware as a security vendor yeah. is is really important. Uh, and uh, then how do you explain that we are not seen as a security vendor? That's that's a difficult question. Is it, I mean, no, because I, is get, it, I get it all the time. The question. It, but but, I, uh, but sometimes not, sometimes I'm I not, see... Not, okay, something, not something you can relate back to EUC only, I think. No, no, it's yeah. much broader. Uh, VMware is a company. Yeah, VMware is a company, not just yeah. EUC. Yeah, but yeah. We, I think we're the extra layer of... Because if you look at the landscape, uh, I think we all have the slide of the mm -hmm. landscape mm -hmm. or the, the security mm -hmm. vendors. Yeah. It's like hundreds of, of, of icons in, on, on that slide. And what I always say, and, and I think we all have that, that way of thinking, is saying, hey, uh, you need a couple of solutions mm -hmm. or, or mm -hmm. stacked solutions to make sure that everything is secure. And maybe that's the reason why, because they already, already have VMware and they use maybe bits and bytes and, and, and they say, okay, it, it's in the core because it's normal there. Mm -hmm. And then we so add... It's part and, of the infrastructure. Yeah. And, and, and then we add Trend Micro and McAfee and, and Symantec and, and others or uh, Palo Altos and so on to make sure that it's extra secure. But mm -hmm. they don't think about that base layer or, okay. or, or it's normal. 
something like that. And I don't think about how oh, VMware is also a security uh, vendor on that part. We're uh, we're topping the hour, guys. Maybe yeah. one maybe maybe one last question, if possible. Um, um, and and I get a question. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you get a question. So uh, we, we're talking about, and maybe it's a it's a nice bridge because we were talking about. Um, the Palo Altos and, and the SecureWorks and all the other third-party vendors. We were discussing during the 60 minutes that we that we did at this moment. Uh, one of our um, uh, colleagues, but also a part of the competition. Uh, how are we working better together, for example, with a Microsoft? Interesting question, indeed. Thank you, Stay. Uh, so, um, a couple of things that it's better together at one side, but it's still competition also. So we need to Makes be sense. honest. We need to be honest. Um, we try to work together at, at certain points. Why? Well, um, in like 90% of the cases that I come into a customer, it's we have Microsoft, we have Office 365, and, and how do we uh, combine those two solutions? Well, we're, again, in a unique position because the world is bigger than uh, Office, and I will be back to one of the first remarks that Stain said around digital workspace, and that's mm -hmm. why I asked the question also. It's around, uh, yeah, but we have warehouses and so on. So... Yeah. A warehouse user doesn't use Office, I think, well, mm. probably. Uh, somebody that, that rides this train, for example, mm. doesn't use Office, uh, those kind of things. And might not even use Windows. So that, that I'm, I'm, I'm wondering what's the added value for Microsoft yeah. at that moment. Yeah, so uh, we, we broaden the scope and we say we do any use case. Mm -hmm. So we manage those warehouses, the ruggedized devices, even IoT devices. Yeah. Now we'll, we can do another podcast on, on that we, part. We need to do another I, podcast I, on I feel IoT a part two coming yeah. up. Yeah. And... Uh, um, that's that's the focus point on, on we are really broad, but we also focus on Office 365. We help protecting Office 365. We can um, add or do uh, or steer the app protection policies for Office from our platform. Nice. We can, uh, for example, roll out a Windows out of the box together with Azure Premium. So there are things that we do better together, and, and that's the reason why we work well together. And we need Microsoft at a certain moment because we Makes manage sense. Windows. So sure. yeah. at a certain moment, it is necessary. But uh, it's an extra layer of protection, and it depends on what the customer really wants to do and how far he wants to go uh, on, on protecting his office environment and, yeah, and other sense. applications. And what I mostly say, the world is bigger than Office alone. So you need a solution that tackles every, every use case and, and any I, use case. And I think customers are, are seeing that as well. It, it, it makes sense that they are seeing that it's not only Office, it's not only Windows, it's not only everybody yeah. wants to work with their devices mm. they bring from home. Everybody yeah. wants to work with everything they have uh, or uh, at, at least with the same experiences they have at home yeah so um so that makes sense that we are uh, we're adding capabilities there yeah indeed and i could do a total podcast only about this topic uh, so that let's, would be a part uh, three let's, let's, <laughs> let's do that that's yeah. a part three then yeah. so uh but maybe then uh, then we can top it off and then we're just a little bit under the hour so that's okay so uh Freddy, thank you very much about uh to talk about the interest of computing world and we're uh stop talking about sewers maybe that might, <laughs> might be a good idea uh, thanks Frederick, for the, a lot of questions and a good conversation and uh guys thank you for listening and uh yeah hear you next time and see you next time bye-bye yeah. thank you guys